Hey everyone, welcome to the Fantasy Debate with Sam and Tate, brought to you by DrRoto.com. Get your daily prescription of fantasy sports. Derek Tate, how the hell are you? We're in full preseason swing. Football is back. It just feels good to know that when I go to turn on my TV, the likelihood that football is on is pretty damn good. Like I'm pretty, like this is like the happy Sam start of the year. Like this is, I'm excited. How about you? Well, fast forward about 17, 18 weeks when we're done grinding with the whole fantasy football season, and we probably have a different opinion about it. But for right now, it's the time, it is the season to be excited. It's fantasy draft season. You're getting together with friends, colleagues, other analysts, and, you know, drafting your team, squatting up and getting ready to go. And if you're like me, you're a degenerate, you know, gambler on preseason because you're sitting there watching football and you can't just sit there and enjoy preseason football without putting a little extra something on the top so hey but hey i won 20 bucks yesterday hey it was fun love it yeah i love to hear it i mean you know hopefully we'll get to as we go through our topic today which if you're just tuning in we're gonna be covering preseason hype trains to be boarding and to be selling your tickets to so we'll be running through a couple players that we both like or maybe we one of us likes and the other one dislikes because we will debate here on the fantasy debate sometimes we disagree <laughs> So as I, right now I'm expanding my daughter's vocabulary, right? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's going quite quickly. What does a train say, baby Kennedy? Choo choo, baby. <laughs> it's time. <laughs> Buy a ticket to the, to the hype train. Let's go ahead and dive into it. I'm excited. Let's just time. jump right in. Let's not let's not wait any longer. Um, let's start off with a player that's obviously immediately close to my heart because it's a hype train I'm buying on right now. Let's talk George Pickens. I mean, Ooh, how okay. fun and exciting was that delicious touchdown catch we all got to watch in that game? Well, it it's was certainly kind of <laughs> he has all the symptoms of uh, a breakout option, right? His, his draft mm -hmm. stock didn't really represent like the physical tools. Like when you watch him play at, at, at Georgia, you know, this guy has some special qualities and all the, all the symptoms and traits you want of a prototypical uh, X receiver. And he's got some dog in him too. No pun intended being a Georgia bulldog, but yeah, I mean, Sam, not only is he, you know, caught a touchdown pass in his, in his, you know, preseason debut, but then we saw him also, against the Seahawks, like just punk a DB by putting him mm -hmm. on his rear end, yep. just trying to run block. I mean, you got to yep, love, him. you, you got to love the edge that he plays with. And, you know, some people don't like it and some people try to connect it with, you know, quote unquote character issues. I, I see a guy that goes out there and competes and I see a guy that's right. special when it comes to, to winning 50, 50 balls. And certainly he's, he's an interesting one on draft day because we don't even have any confidence who the starter is going to be in week five for the Pittsburgh Steelers under center. I know. I mean, when you're looking at these preseason games and you're watching, you know, obviously the crowd wants Kenny Pickett and they're mm -hmm. chanting his name so loud, which is always he looked fun good again. He looked, he looked, he looked really good. Love to see, you know, his ability to move his melody to um, make plays and extend the plays with his legs. Obviously something Steelers fans have been dying to see from a quarterback for a long time. Um, but you know, I still think it's, um, it's 50-50 split between him and Trubisky to me and who is going to get the start. But obviously, the better and better that Pickett looks in these preseason games, the more it's just making me wonder. I'm like, is, is Trubisky going to be able to win this job? I, I'm not sure. But what I love to see is obviously chemistry between the receivers and the quarterbacks across the board. And it seems like um, George Pickens is going to be someone that a lot of them are targeting, no matter who is under center, which to me is exciting. And at his current ADP of wide receiver 60, I think that that is someone I'm definitely trying to stash. Yeah. I, if anything, it makes me a little bit less bullish on Deontay Johnson because I still think Chase Claypool is a pretty good player. Um, yeah. I expect he's going to see plenty of run. I know that they're going to get George Pickens on the football field. Do I think Deontay Johnson still leads the team in targets? Yeah, I do. But yeah, am I feeling like he's the runaway guy? And certainly I don't really know what to expect under center or who's going to be under center. Sam, all I can say though is when it came to to Kenny Pickett and why people said that he was probably the most pro-ready quarterback prospect in this draft, certainly through the early goings of this preseason, it seems like he is the guy that was probably the most pro-ready. He seems to know where he seems to know where to go with the football. He seems mm -hmm. to be identifying the right things pre-snap. And after the snap happens, post-snap, it seems like he's pretty comfortable. And he just, I mean, regardless of whatever the reports were coming out of camp that he was struggling early on, mm -hmm. he certainly looks like he's a gamer and 
has put a lot of good tape out there and has certainly made a compelling case that maybe he should be the starter from day number one. Yeah, I mean, you know, personally to me, I want to see these guys have the best opportunity to grow in the NFL. And I feel like rookies at the best, they need that time to grow under a veteran tutelage and i feel like that just you don't want to rush them out to there too quickly so that's why i'm a little hesitant to just throw him out week one even though it feels like the whole fan base wants him to i totally get it i just want to make sure that we're setting him up for success and not forcing him too early so i have full confidence that tomlin's going to start him when he's good and ready um but it is exciting to see the receivers play out the way that they are i will say i I'm not worried about Deontay Johnson's value just because of George Pickens' success. I think that all of them have the potential to have success given their ADPs, and I feel like they're still going to stay slotted about where they should be in terms of, you know, wide receiver one, two, three. I think the thing is with Pickens, if anything, he affects Claypool's value, in my opinion, because he is going to have, like you said, he has the dog in him. He wants to get out there and he's going to make the plays. He has the opportunity to jump into that wide receiver two role. So right. to me, that I think is going to be the player that takes a dip um, of those of those two. Yeah, and you, it certainly could be Claypool, but I just think that there's a lot of mouths to feed all of a sudden, a lot of quality options. And really, Kenny Pickett, outside of the offensive line struggles, I think, or I mean, they're kind of a work in progress. I mean, we'll see if they improve from what they were last year, but Kenny Pickett's in a pretty good situation moving forward with, you know, Najee Harris and Deontay Johnson locked up and George Pickens. And we'll see what they, you know, Claypool's future holds past 2022. But certainly there's a lot to be excited about. I'm just kind of in a, when it comes to the Steelers pass catchers, I'm going to take whichever of the three falls the, to the last one available on the on draft day because I, I really right. don't know how to sort it out outside of I believe Don, Deontay Johnson probably has the most targets when it's all said and done but you know I don't think he's that much more talented than someone like George Pickens and with the uncertainty of who's going to be under center and how they're going to perform and who they're going to favorite and target and all that yeah it just makes me I'm going to steer clear because I know the other guys like Claypool and, and Pickens can ball out too when, when given the opportunity and we'll see if uh, they earn the favor of either Pickens or Trubisky to start the year. I mean, I get that. I mean, I think the thing that is the biggest takeaway is I'd be happy with grabbing any of these receivers given their mm -hmm. ADP because I don't feel like you're going to have to pay a high price to get any of them, which is fantastic. Right. Yep. But you're also going to have an offense that is high powered. It's a Mike Tomlin offense. This is going to be a, sorry, Knox is on my table. And so you're going to see like a tail just jumping into the camera. Um, <laughs> way to ruin it, bud. I was on a roll. Um, I think that you're going to see the Steelers are going to be playing from behind quite a bit. I feel like there's going to be some scramblings that we have to do. And well, what that means is a lot of opportunity for volume. And I think you love that in any of these receivers given the season, but let's okay. jump on to the next player that we're excited on for our hype train and Damian Pierce current ADP is running back 43. You jumped this one up higher onto our list. So please kick it off with why you love Damian Pierce right now. You know, I'm, I'm kind of, I grew up a, a Florida state Seminole fan. Okay. Um, so I don't like talking about Florida Gators all that much, but when it's appropriate, I will do so. And in today's NFL preseason culture, right, we normally learn more about a player and their standing with the coaching staff and in particular rookies when they don't dress for a game as opposed to when they get a crazy amount of run in an evaluation preseason game, right? Definitely. So when you take into consideration that Damian Pierce and his head coach, Lovey Smith, said the Texans didn't need to see him it's because they've already seen what they need to see from him. Okay. So, and it kind of aligns with what I saw with from him at the senior bowl from all reports and all other evaluations that Pierce was a standout during the senior bowl. I thought that his tape at the university of Florida kind of suggested that he was drastically underutilized and underappreciated during his days in Gainesville as a Florida Gator. Okay. So, Make no mistake, Marlon Max 35 yards on 11 carries through two preseason games isn't exactly making a strong case to fend off the well-rounded rookie workhorse back. So I'm saying whatever the ADP says right now for Damian Pierce, it's not accurate. You're <laughs> going to have to overpay on draft day based off of whatever ADP you're looking at because his stock is soaring after not playing in game or two and really looking fantastic in his preseason debut. 
Yeah, I think that makes sense. Okay, so he's currently running back 43 in PPR formats. Um, and when you look at the depth charts, yes, he is slotted just behind Marlon Mack. But I agree, when I was watching the game with Marlon Mack, it just looked so slow. It looked like all of, I had to check the remote and make sure that maybe my buffering wasn't off. Oh. It was literally that tragic. And you're just like, okay, I paid my bill this month. What is happening? But no. Owie, you're it's, getting on Marlon Mack right now. No, oh, hey. damn. No, no offense, but I mean, you know, when you're looking at the depth chart and you're looking to find opportunity for a player that's going to exceed their ADP, exceed their value, and you're looking for those offenses where there is room to grow, I feel like there's a lot of other offenses where the running back is very clear, the very, uh, very tiered, and it's not like, okay, well, in the one situation with the Vikings, you know you have to handcuff with Madison. But this is an opportunity. This entire backfield is an opportunity. And if Damian Pierce is the most athletic, most ready now to seize this job, and they're resting him now, I think that all signs are pointing to he is a must-grab for running back depth in your league. Well, certainly the ADP that you just mentioned in the 40s is something that just wipe that off the board. I think he's going to be a top 30 back off your off the board on draft day in whatever fantasy league you're playing in. And unless it's somebody that a bunch of a group of people that just don't know anything about football. Yeah. So what I'm saying is Damian Pierce needs to be a top 30 back off the board strictly because we, we look at all these other backfields, right. That aren't even in great offenses that are we know are a committee mess, Sam. Like take yeah. the Washington Commanders, for example. Yep. Like there's Antonio Gibson, who the team is running right now on special teams, right? Because sure, <laughs> why not? I mean, that does getting that's run with a third team and like you know late in preseason games, and you know they drafted the uh, the rookie out of Alabama in the third round and Brian Robinson Jr. and they essentially. <laughs> J.D. McKissick, the ink wasn't dry on his contract before they, like, yanked him back and gave him a, a pretty sizable uh, guarantee to make him a, a, a pretty high-paid running back for really a pass-catching specialist. Yeah. So why is Antonio Gibson going in front of a guy like Damian Pierce who has the opportunity to win the backfield, I think, outright? Yeah, mm -hmm. sure. Mack will get some run. Maybe we'll see a couple other running backs get a little bit of work here and there and spell Damian Pierce. But I think that this backfield is there for the taking and that the eps, the upside is much higher with someone like Damian Pierce for me than it is for someone like Antonio Gibson. Maybe, maybe I'm crazy, but I'm, I'm trying to read between the lines and it doesn't look good for someone like Tone Gibson. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good comparison right there. And when you're splitting hairs between, you know, drafting some of these running backs where you're getting them and they're coming across the board. I think that's something to keep in mind too. You know, when you're grabbing someone like Damian Pierce, you're going for upside. And that's the point of getting that roster depth because you're hoping for the breakout later. But what's great about this is you're not just hoping. There's a lot of signs that are pointing to he will be the guy or he was going to be someone that's going to get a bigger workload volume than you would expect for where you're taking him. Right. So I think that, that he's someone that has to stay on your list and he's a ticket to the hype train that I am buying. Let's talk about another player that is high on hype trains and just saw some news that a teammate of his is dealing with a little bit of a hamstring issue. Let's talk about Chris Olave and that person with a little bit of a hamstring issue happens to be Michael Thomas, which is kind of brutal. One thing I was going to say when, when doing our notes for the show and everything and talking about the guys that we like, right. And we're yeah. buying hype train tickets to one of the reasons why I wanted to go ahead and, and buy a ticket to Chris Olave was because Michael Thomas hasn't played in a pro football game in, in over a calendar year. That matters. Like, that does matter. In particular, for a wide receiver, the last time that we saw him, he was dinged up dealing with an ankle injury that he's still working his way through. And, you know, father time isn't great to professional athletes in a lot of circumstances. <laughs> and when they Except get for Tom around Brady. that <laughs> number 30, in the professional sports world, it can get a little bit tricky in particular when you're having soft, soft tissue issues for quick twitch athletes, in particular wide receivers. Um, that's not a good sign. Certainly not good to hear that he maybe tweaked his hamstring. We'll see how serious it is. Maybe it's just precaution. Yeah. Uh, but either way, what I've seen from Chris Olave during the preseason and what I, what I saw from him during his days at Ohio State, I'll scream someone that is – 
savvy and very well-rounded, but can beat you in a multitude of ways. I think he instantly comes in, whether he's 1A with Michael Thomas not in the lineup or not ready to start the season, or he's 1B. Either way, I think he's a a really good compliment to Michael Thomas, uh, who's a underneath possession receiver dynamo. Uh, same thing with Jarvis Landry. Alave can do that, but he can also beat you over the top. And when you take a look at what Jameis Winston did through six starts last season with Marquez Callaway mm-hmm. as his number one guy, yeah, I think that there's room to grow for this entire Saints offense. Um, so I love the draft price for Chris Alave. And I think that there's an opportunity in, uh, within the range of outcomes that he ends up being the most productive fantasy receiver on the squad in 2022. Yeah. I don't think it's outside the realm of outcomes for him as um, either, especially, you know, with a healthy Jameis Winston, you know, with Alvin Kamara, who it's looking like he will not be missing any time this coming season. All reports are seeming to head that way and to have him open up the field as well, just to get, Winston going and throwing and absolutely opening up and tearing up this field with an amazing route runner like Chris Olave. I think he's going to have fantastic fantasy output. I think that, you know, Winston is totally in the realm of having over 4,000 passing yards this season. I don't think that's a crazy window to say when his most prolific year in 2019 was over 5,000 yards. Would you say that there's any New Orleans Saint right now that is overpriced on draft day? No, I feel like there's a lot of good bargain bin shopping right. there for the Saints, which is like, you know, I keep getting texts for different sales right now. And I think it's like the world knows that I just got back from vacation. I'm trying to save money. So I'm just getting all like these tags for big sales. And there's a lot of sales right now. I'm looking at the Saints depth chart and players that I could be grabbing on draft day and feeling real good about it. I want to buy so much stuff in my personal life and on my fantasy teams. I just, again, I'm a Bucks fan, so sometimes buying a lot of Saint shares is not something that I'm a huge fan of, but sure. it is what it is. They are they are appropriately priced, and really the upside is there with this entire offense. So I think that if you can invest in this offense, it's not a horrible idea because you're not really overpaying for anybody. No, definitely not overpaying for anyone, and that is 100% a hype train ticket I'm buying to Chris Olave. Let's talk about another player that has had a lot of hype and maybe I'm going to be talking about the Bills too much this season. I feel like it's coming. That might be a team that I'm grabbing a bit too much of, but I'm extremely high on Gabe Davis this coming season. Okay. Why? (laughs) Okay. Because when you look at the number two receiver in this team, after they've just vacated Emmanuel Sanders, they've vacated Cole Beasley and you have this high powered, you know, future Hall of Famer in Josh Allen, he's going to have to have someone to spread the ball around to besides Diggs. And I think that Gabe Davis is going to be the guy that is going to take a next step up, gobble up all of those targets just vacated, which is going to make him a solid wide receiver too. Okay. So are you not scared of Jamison Crowder, Isaiah McKenzie, Khalil Shakur, Dawson Knox, James Cook? I mean, I look, I mean, they're all targets, obviously, like everyone's going to like, I feel like Dawson Knox is someone that's going to, you know, eat in the red zone and be a valuable later tight end grab. Like he's someone I love for his value late, but I'm a hundred percent in on Gabe Davis being the undisputed wide receiver too. Who's going to just stock up on targets behind Stephon Diggs. The bills are out here. This is they're mad. They're playing with a chip on their shoulder. They're coming at the Super Bowl hard. And I feel like every game is going to be a fun watch. What is what is Gabe Davis's current ADP? Uh, Wide receiver 30 in PPR overall. What is it overall? Uh, I don't have that number. Why would you ask me the number? I don't. Okay, I'm sorry. So I'm just (laughs) all I'm trying to ask is, do you think that we're potentially trying to draft Gabe Davis at his ceiling. Like that's, I feel like there's other proven commodities that are available around where you're taking Gabe Davis right now that you're where you're taking them could potentially mean that you're, you're pigeonholing yourself that he has to produce his ceiling um, because I, what is his ceiling? What do you think his ceiling is? I know he had a great game in the playoff matchup against Kansas city 
four touchdown passes. I think it was 200 yards receiving. He was phenomenal, Sam. I get it. The table is set for a larger expanded role mm-hmm. in this offense for 2022. And Josh Allen, Demi got a football. Demi I get it. it. Like mm-hmm. it, it's, it's there. I'm just concerned because I still think it's going to be Stefan Diggs who leads the team in targets. Yeah. Who leads the team in red zone targets. Okay. Who's probably going to be the most efficient player. Probably going to see more deep targets than, than Gabe Davis. So along with all the other complementary weapons, I'm just, can I say confidently that he is going to out-target the rest of the other options significantly enough to be the consistent guy that you want at that draft price? That's all. I think he is going to be someone that you want to draft that draft price, but I'm also not looking at him to out-target Stephon Diggs. I feel like he is going to be a compliment. And I think that when you look at this offense, you look at the way that, you know, the, the Bills play, and it's it's a very quick pace. You know, obviously, Josh Allen is fantastic at extending the play and making plays out of nothing, what it feels like when, you know, everything is collapsing on top of them. I think that Gabe Davis is just going to meet his expectations at his ADP. I don't think he is going to drop out of them. Um, and overall, I did pull it up. He is overall ADP at 74. So, when you look at players around that and you're just looking at overall ADP and I'm looking at fantasy pros right now, players that are going ahead of him are the likes of Allen Robinson, which, you know, he's someone that I'm also like a lot this season, but when I'm comparing potential who I think is going to maybe have more touchdowns for the season, I would argue that Gabe Davis would have more touchdown opportunities than Allen Robinson. So, so I, I understand that thought process, right? You're, you're kind of correlating maybe the relationship between Keenan Allen and Mike Williams for the chargers mm-hmm. to that of Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis, where Keenan Allen's probably the most targeted player, but Mike mm-hmm. Williams is the better red zone, big play option um, that can probably threaten for double digit touchdowns in a quarterback that is likely to throw right around 40, 40 plus. So yeah. I understand that, 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 that I'd see the ceiling, I just think at that draft price that I've seen him go, I've seen him go as early as like the fourth round in a 12 team league. And I'm well, there's some people that are really excited. Like, hot damn. That's their that, hype that's, trains are just geared all forward. I get that. I'm not saying it, that I'm buying this ticket and grabbing him in the third round. Like I am sticking to ADP best player available on my drafts. And on draft day, when I see the players falling where they are and I see the tumbling of receivers falling away, I am going to be zeroing in and making sure that I do not miss out on Gabe Davis. I don't think I've ever heard tumble during to describe like your draft day experience. Just watching my wide receivers tumble away. Well, you know, um, like the ones that just they just <laughs> drop off when you're watching the little ticker come by and you're just like, oh no, the ones I wanted just fell away. That's how I look at it. It's like, yeah, I know. And you know, there's always someone in every draft that like, you know, you get, just throws a monkey wrench into everything, you know, somebody yep. like you're in a deep league and this person you're looking at the draft board and they've already drafted a quarterback. So you go, okay, I can wait. And I don't have to draft a quarterback this round. I'll get them on the wrap round. And then they take two quarter, the first team to take two quarterbacks or something. It's like, Oh, I don't like you. Um, I don't but, like you. Um, I don't you like you right now. Mad. Anyway, I, we're still friends, but I mean, for this very moment for the next 10 minutes, I'm not going to like you. And I'm not going to respond not to you in friends a positive right way. now. <laughs> but so, okay. So you're not quite as on board. Like you're not buying a first class ticket to the, on the hype train of Gabe Davis. You're not buying him in like the third or fourth round. Like I've seen him go crazy high before. Yeah. Not quite that high. Okay. We're no, good. Not quite that we're high. We're, we're not, good. we're, you know, I know how to do my drafts. I'm not going to go crazy. I mean, as much as it might seem that like I did one interview for the fantasy football expo weekend last weekend, and it was right after the Steelers game. And someone came up to me and was, had me rank rookie wide receivers. And I was just like George Pickens all day. (laughs) Like, yes, I was very excited and on the hype train for that. I am tempering expectations in terms of where I expect to grab Gabe Davis, but I'm also not leaving a draft without him. Let's talk about two other players that we are buying tickets to on the hype trains, both of them being quarterbacks. I want to get to this one first for you because Trey Lance is a ticket that you are buying. Let's hear about it. Well, I don't think I'm the first person to say that Trey Lance is potential league winner, but look, here are some facts. He only started two games last season, right? Yeah. Averaged 60 yards rushing per game to go with an average of 22 fantasy points during those two starts. He's got a quality offensive line. 
He's got a dynamic play caller and a productive run play action scheme that schemes up open yards and easy plays, easy throws um, that all make life much easier on a young quarterback. Um, Not to mention, he has an elite option at wide receiver in Debo Samuel and at tight end in George Kittle, along with a rushing floor to pair with a sky-high ceiling. Mm -hmm. So when you're looking at hype train tickets that you want to purchase, I don't think right now Trey Lance, who I think is going outside of the top 10 at the quarterback position on draft day. Yep, His ADP is currently quarterback 13. That's that is a very fairly priced ticket for the type of season that he could produce for you. Uh, certainly has that 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 sky high ceiling league winner type potential that could make or break your fantasy season. And the likelihood of it breaking it with you drafting him outside of the top ten is kind of low because worst case scenario, you just stream quarterbacks and you'll be okay. Yeah. Oh, I, I agree with that hundred percent. I actually really love him in two quarterback formats for his rushing upside, um, especially where you can get him in those drafts. I did grab him actually in the Scott fishbowl. So I have him paired alongside Patrick Mahomes, which is a double quarterback stack. I haven't seen a lot of when it comes to two quarterback formats. Um, so you got a lot of, I'm going for upside in that league. Just give me all the volume on both sides of the ball. <laughs> like that is like the low key, like n- nickname for my, team on the Scott Fishbowl is swinging for upside because I have so many players that are like I hope that they're starting but also if they're a hundred percent could be big numbers for me so fingers crossed <laughs> I'm just gonna leave it at fingers crossed yes okay I'll talk about another player then <laughs> whose hype train I am on um that would have to be Trevor Lawrence I'm looking at this post urban Meyer era that we are finally get to see actual Trevor Lawrence and just watching him the preseason is super exciting to me. He has, he exudes confidence under center, not only in his rushing ability, but in his ability to target his receivers and a multitude of them. I think he is going to be peppering the ball across the field and getting everyone utilized. I think it's going to make it for that reason, it be difficult to pick which of the wide receivers you want to start week in and week out. However, that means I'm just excited to Make sure I've got pieces of Trevor Lawrence across multiple leagues. Are you just buying the hype train ticket to T-Law after he gave your boy Sutton the uh, no, no, no Matumbo <laughs> finger after he uh, try? I, I'm sure Sutton sat there, saw like a, a little floating duck of a throw yeah. on a deep out route and was like, oh, I'm, I'm picking that off. And I saw that. It was tight. I think that, <laughs> you know, I think there's going to maybe be, a you know, quite a few um, interceptions for a result of just how tight of windows he likes to throw in. But I think that also says a lot about his confidence and, you know, the level of play he's trying to put out there in that he's going to make those dime targets. And it's, you know, I'm sure that DB is going to be trying to, take advantage but if he's gonna be on i think it's just gonna be an amazing season to watch the jags and to see him finally open up and get to do all the things that we saw him do in college just at a higher level showing his level of maturity having you know dealt with the season that he just dealt with for his rookie year i think that probably aged him mentally a couple of years, but probably for the better because he looks like a true natural leader out there. And I'm just excited to see that volume. So two quarterback formats, not leaving a draft without Trevor Lawrence is my QB too. Yeah, no, I expect a a major bounce back year from Trevor Lawrence. Um, Like you said, urban Meyer had a lot to do with all the dysfunction there to make a guy that has been kind of universally identified as a can't miss prospect quarterback. Yep. He's starting to look the part with Doug Peterson. You just see it in the first two games, like the first four or five drives we've seen of him in 2022. He looks like a different guy. So I'm definitely excited about what Trevor Lawrence is going to put on tape and see what he can do with, you know, a, a competent NFL coaching staff. Oh, yes. A more than competent NFL coaching staff. Like, <laughs> 
it couldn't get worse and it's only going to get better. So because skies are the limit for that reason, he doesn't have, you know, a chain holding him back. This is Trevor Lawrence unleashed and give me all of the Trevor Lawrence. You remember Michael Jordan in Space Jam when yes. they were he, he went to the animated version on Moron Mountain and he's got the the anvil like the the little weighted ball yes, on his That is exactly like, what I was picturing. This is why this down is why we're from, friends 100%. And you you always lose like Danny DeVito. <laughs> and then just the face of like no. <laughs> and Michael Jordan's like drawn in like whatever mustache he had during I know that period, it, was, so. it wasn't just sad drawn in like half mustache that they did in that but it was still we're right there. We're right there. Same, same wavelength. Anyways, that wraps up the players that we are high on in terms of we want to buy tickets to these trains. Let's talk about the tickets we are not buying or scalping to get rid of shares on. And you have several people on this list that I can get on board with or at least jump off the train with you on. But there's one I will not. Let's start off with Travis Etienne since we just finished talking about Trevor Lawrence. You are so, out on him. I So... At his price, right? It's not that I'll never draft Travis Etienne. Which is uh, running back 20 PPR. A little high for me right now, though. Okay. Um, I'll tell you why. One, we don't know exactly what to expect from this Jacksonville offense. I still think it's going to be a little bit of a work in progress, right? Um, so Etienne, in his own right, seeing his first NFL action, I mean, he's essentially a rookie, correct? Yep. I mean, that that's kind of the vibes that I'm getting here. And James Robinson has been productive on a bad football team through two, his first two NFL seasons. And unbelievably, again, like throwing it back to the Cam Akers of last year, it seems like James Robinson's going to be ready to go for week number one, even after tearing his Achilles late last season. It's crazy. Uh, but, I mean, tip of the hat to how much hard work and rehab that takes uh, for him to get back on the football field. But – for Travis Etienne, that does not spell anything good because part of what was baked into that running back 20 average draft position was we thought that he was going to have no other real competition. Mm -hmm. um, James Robinson is legitimately going to steal early down work, and there's a strong case to be made that he's probably going to be the preferred option in goal line situations. Yeah. So those two things being said, Sam – Running back 20, just I, I, I'm sell, I'm scalping my have you ever scalped a ticket? Because I've I've done it once or twice. It made me feel uncomfortable and I didn't make a very good profit. But anyway, <laughs> so I'm not the best scalper, but I feel like I'm right here to be a little bit hesitant and jumping off the hype train with Travis Etienne for 2022. Yeah, I get that. I feel like there are a lot of moving parts to this offense and there's going to be a lot of figuring things out. It does make me nervous if I was hoping for Travis Etienne to be that, like you said, without a doubt, running back one to see James Robinson healthy. Because also, again, going back to the coaching staff, this is a more than competent coaching staff that is going to make sure that the best player available gets the carries. And they're not going to ignore value, ignore talent, which is what happened last year with James Robinson was Urban Meyer just pretending he didn't exist. Um, that's not going to happen in this offense. I think that they're going to go for whatever works best. And if ETN finds some difficulty, finds some struggles, it's going to move on to James Robinson, who we have seen before. Has It's been proven in the past that he is more than capable of being the bell cow back in this backfield. I think something about the preseason watching ETN that made me a little bit nervous was it felt like he was running into brick walls a lot. And, you know, you, I go back and forth on taking seriously some of the defenses watching preseason games because I feel like right. there's obviously players that are, you know, they're trying to make their mark and so the defenses are going to be tough. But then there's other times where you can tell it feels soft because it is a preseason game. However, I feel like he should have got, been able to make more breakaways in his last game and I didn't get to see that. And so to me, seeing him struggle just in a preseason in order to make some breakthroughs tackles that made me a little bit nervous just in terms of what I was hoping to see. I was hoping to see him healthy, hoping to see him make some big breakout plays with some big runs, and I didn't get to see that. And so to me, that's a little bit worrisome of I wanted to at least get to see a good healthy run so I could see those legs going and get excited about that. So because I'm not seeing it right off the bat, that's why I'm nervous. So that's why I can get on board with you on why maybe selling this ticket. You want to see the special. 
you do. in preseason. You want to see the special. You want to see the burst, the pop. Like mm-hmm. the eyes, they generally don't lie when they get to the next level. And you see a little bit of it with ETN. He's silky smooth and stuff like that. But his contact balance was always something that made me a little bit uh, not nervous, but made me think I didn't, I didn't know how he's going to be able to play through contact on the NFL level because he's a little bit like he's, he's a bigger guy, but he's kind of thinner, got a little bit of a thinner, sleeker frame. Right. Um, so I just wonder who in comparison to Robinson though, who's built stout and strong and, um, you know, best case scenario, I could have seen ETN being a version of like Alvin Kamara. Yeah. Okay. I don't know if I see that so far. It's still very early, but um, I haven't seen enough to make me feel convinced that if Robinson is healthy and available, that he's going to be played off the football field by Travis Etienne. I haven't seen enough yet, which is making me nervous about running back 20. Yeah, I definitely agree. And again, running back 20 there just makes me nervous. I mean, in dynasty formats, if I grabbed him as a rookie, I'm glad that I've stashed him away. Correct. But in, but in redraft right there, all of what you just said, I agree, makes me nervous to hit draft when it comes to his name coming across the board. Let's jump to the next player that is a ticket you're looking to sell, and that has to be A.J. Brown, whose new best bud with Jalen Hurts. I mean, has media all excited about the two of them being a buddy cop movie you know, level duo, but you're not in. You're not buying it? Well, the thing is, this is not Lethal Weapon, where it's just like, you know, two main guys and then a bunch of tertiary other characters. Yeah. It's a full house there. I mean, we're, we're talking Danny Tanner, uncle Joey, uncle Jesse. Um, I, I don't know who's who in this scenario, but I'm just, I'm just trying to say that there's a lot of talented pass catchers there in Philadelphia. Yes. And when you combine that with the fact that Ertz, I mean, Jalen hurts is not exactly the most effective, efficient quarterback and the passing volume also wasn't super, super high in the Philadelphia offense last season. In fact, on the contrary, they were one of the more, if not the most effective rushing team in 2021. And that's still, I think going to be their identity on the offensive side of the football, you know, AJ Brown, he's coming from Tennessee where he was a target hog. Mm -hmm. Like, he was the dude in that offense because that wasn't that version of Julio they had last year. I mean, come on. Um, but now you got Dallas Goddard, who I think is has the potential in the right situation to be a top five, top three tight end in fantasy. Yep. And then Devontae Smith, who was fantastic as a rookie yep. as far as his efficiency goes. Um, so let's not forget about the Heisman winner from Alabama and just how damn good that guy is, you know, when you're, when you, when you combine all that into his average draft day price, it's way too damn high, Sam. I mean, I, I don't, I mean, what, what is, according to fantasy pros right now, what is his average draft position? Wide receiver 11 in PPR formats. Damn. I mean, that, that's probably like a, what, a late second. Yeah. That's, I, I, it's very high. Um, I agree. And I think when I'm looking at the stats, especially from last year and looking at just the receiving yards to go around and you look between Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard, who were the leading receivers um, last year? I mean, between the two of them, they have just over 1700 receiving yards. Okay. That's good for the two of them, but who left to vacate targets and vacate opportunity? That's supposed to be these targets that AJ Brown is getting like how many more passing yards is, is Jalen Hurts going to jump from the 3,100 passing yards he had last season to all of a sudden 4,100 because he has A.J. Brown? That's what it feels like everyone's banking on is suddenly Jalen Hurts is going to have a 4,500-plus yard season in order to hit the numbers that everyone's expecting out of A.J. Brown, which feels like a lot. Um, I'm just wondering where these numbers are coming from. So when when I'm looking at players that move across teams and I'm saying, okay, well, since they're not here, these targets are now available. Since this person has moved here, that this is the new opportunity. I'm just wondering where these numbers are coming from that are going to be available to make both A.J. Brown and Devonta Smith both 
fantasy relevant just because it doesn't feel like Hertz has that volume behind him. I will say though, the only thing to me, just based on the way that he's built and his athleticism, I just wonder if the Eagles are going to do something different with him and give him something more like the Debo Samuel treatment and make him effective, almost like a semi running back situation, which they've done to Debo and kind of use him in some sort of special type of way that we're not anticipating. That's going to be that mystery box solve as to where all this volume is going to come from. So that to me is my only thought of like, well, it could be something special, but because I don't know what it is. And I agree because this high price feels like a lot for him in this run first offense. I, I can agree with you in terms of why I'm also out on him this season. Yeah. You said it very well. Okay. I, I'm with you. Let's, I tried. I tried. let's, let's just jump off the train. Let's, let's <laughs> We're no just more. holding hands and jumping off the train together. Okay. <laughs> We've actually got someone tuning in that wants a question that has to do with AJ Brown. So between these two players, Hey Albert, thank you so much for tuning in. Who would you rather T Higgins or AJ Brown? T T Higgins. Higgins. Yeah. I, for me, it's for me. It's T Higgins. Um, I can give you a long winded answer or we can go just straight from the gut. And where I'm coming from with this, I'm, I'm going T. Higgins all day. T. Higgins, I just love the volume that he's going to have in that offense with Joe Burrow because when you compare the two in terms of volume for targets, I have more confidence that Joe Burrow is going to exceed expectations in terms of overall passes that he's going to complete in a given season. And he's going to have more opportunity for passing, tar passing touchdowns. To me, there's more opportunity there for T. Higgins than there is for A.J. Brown just because... I just don't see that volume behind him. Burrow is one of the most accurate quarterbacks through the first two years of his NFL career in, I think, NFL history. Like, And I'm not saying that Jalen Hurts is a scrub. He's not. No, no, but, definitely not saying that. But Burrow, his passing efficiency is so much higher than Jalen Hurts' is at this current moment um, that I feel more confident in the number two option with Cincinnati, with Joe Burrow pulling, pull, you know, pulling the trigger than – the likes of Jalen Hurts, who a lot of his plays through the air to involve off script outside the pocket, which mm -hmm. I'm not saying that doesn't, you know, some of those plays won't go to AJ Brown, but again, it's that scheme there in Philadelphia and their efficiency and being able to run the football effectively uh, doesn't exactly bode well for any of the pass catchers there in Philly in particular with not one, not two, but three very, very gifted and capable options. Definitely. Um, couldn't agree with more, you more there. This next player, I'm going to disagree with you hard on. So we're going to jump to this right now. You are out on Juju Smith-Schuster with the Chiefs. You are not buying this ticket. Por qué? <laughs> I have to defend myself now? I, we can't just leave it at that? I can't. We can't no, just throw to, it out there? No, okay. I disagree with you now. <laughs> okay, fine. Um, so speaking of efficiency, um, yards per route run is something that is a stat that is meant to kind of correlate with a wide receiver's efficiency. And unfortunately for Juju, even though he broke out super early in his career, his efficiency has dropped. I think each of the last three seasons. So, and that was in what he, Juju, he got outplayed and outproduced by Deontay Johnson. I mean, I'm like and Deontay Johnson is not a scrub and I'm, but I mean, it seemed like Juju was the odd man out, even though he was incredible his first two years of his NFL career. Like what the hell happened? I mean, you watched every single one of those Steelers games, Sam. Can you tell me what the hell happened? Why wasn't he productive? Why was Deontay Johnson the best fantasy wide receiver in, in Pittsburgh and not Juju Smith-Schuster? Why? I'm, I'm ready. Am I, am I jumping in now? Yeah, no, no, I, I'm asking. Okay. It's a really okay. genuine okay. question. Okay, I'm waiting patiently so I don't interrupt you. Um, well, I believe that a big reason why his stats went down over the last three years was because Ben's stats went down over the last three years. Now, remind me who the quarterback is for the Chiefs. I feel like he's really good at football. What's his name again? That's not nice. I, I feel a little again? bit of a sarcasm right there. That's oh, not yeah. nice. yeah, Patrick Mahomes. Okay. I'm pretty sure that the efficiency is going to be fixed 
very quickly when it comes to that quarterback switch. Again, no offense to Ben. He is a future Hall of Famer, and I'm very grateful for all that he has done for the Steelers. However, he was at the twilight of his career, and he wasn't able to make the passes that were successful for, with him and Juju in the past. He just wasn't hitting those mid-range targets the way he used to, which was where Juju feasted. So mm -hmm. if he's not getting those passes that he's used to, that's why his numbers dropped off. So to me, leveling up at the quarterback is a little bit of a plus side when it comes to being a receiver. So for me, I'm very excited to see him get into this offense with targets vacated by none other than Tyreek Hill. And Nicole Hardman also is already injured and was carted off. Didn't Hopefully he can start this season, but he's already dinged up. Juju does really well being the wide receiver too, being a second option. And in my opinion, Travis Kelsey is the leading receiver on the Chiefs offense. So the fact that he gets to play behind that and has that cushion is going to allow him to exceed expectations when it comes to what he's going to produce this season. And again, I'm going to say it one more time. I think his quarterback is Patrick Mahomes. Please, someone correct me if I'm wrong. Please. Okay. I need, right. I need some right. fact checking. I think that's his quarterback now. Well, can you, Maybe? okay. Can you do me a favor and I'm checking make sure that the roster can you, change. can you check who makes more money between Juju Smith Schuster and the likes of Marquez Valdez Scantling? I feel like you're no math numbers when it comes to salaries more than me. So maybe one of them gets paid more. However, I think that it's going to be whoever has the most opportunity. And I think that when it comes to the Chiefs, and Andy Reid, they're going to make every player available to fill the vacuum left behind by Tyreek Hill. They're going to have to. Hold on. Look, I understand that Tyreek Hill is a Miami Dolphin, and he's no longer playing with the guy that plays quarterback in Kansas City because apparently no one can remember his name. You think that it oh, might be Patrick Oh, I just checked. It Mahomes. is Patrick Mahomes. Okay, thank you, thank Patrick you. Mahomes. So we can move on now. Thank yeah. you. Anyway, point being, um, so – they paid Marquez Valdez-Scantling more money, and they drafted Sky Moore in this past NFL draft. Mm -hmm. So why are we? Why would there be any assumption that Juju Smith-Schuster would be the main beneficiary of Tyreek Hill playing football in Miami? Like, why is he the one that is going to take the mantle and be the proverbial wide receiver one in Kansas City? and not Marquez Valdez-Scantling, or not Sky Moore. Or what I think is actually going to happen is with all three of those guys, it's going to be very hard to predict who is going to lead the wide receiver group in Kansas City in targets on a week-to-week -week basis. That's all I'm saying, Sam, is that the average draft position, Juju is the most expensive, which is why I – because right now Marquez Valdez-Scantling is at average draft position overall 140. If we're looking at your boy Sky Moore, he's at 133 overall. Juju, however, is going at 79, wide receiver 34 off the board. To me, there's not enough evidence or feeling that Juju is going to return back the clock to the second year of his NFL career where he was phenomenal next to Antonio Brown, who was an outside threat. Mm-hmm to make Juju who I think predominantly dominates in the slot against zone coverage um, where that's kind of where Travis Kelsey does a lot of his damage. I'm not saying there's not enough of a big of enough football field for them both to eat, but Juju isn't the same type of player as Tyreek Hill is hell. No one is, but no, nobody is. I'm just saying, even though he did get an upgraded quarterback, I, I, I just think it's, I'm not going to say irresponsible. Some the targets do got to go somewhere. Um, but I just, I think I'd rather have one of the other two options at a much, much, much cheaper price than your boy Juju. So I'm off. I'm, I'm off the hype train. I'm sorry. I'm not buying all these. I don't mind being on this train by myself. You know, when I look at um, players You're not like by yourself, there's a lot of people on Twitter that agree. Yeah, with you. there's a lot of people like it. Um, so when I look at players like MVS, he also is just coming off um, a team with another very good quarterback. I think his name is Aaron Rodgers, but I can check that. So do you do fantasy football for a living? Because you I really do. seem uncertain of these marquee quarterbacks' names. 
Schmarin Schmodgers. Okay. Um, <laughs> no. Okay. Last year with the Packers, we were waiting for a wide receiver two to break out to be the guy to help offload the work for Devontae Adams. Right. MVS could not do it to save his life. And now he's with the Chiefs with another amazing quarterback. I don't think he has what it takes to be the number one wide receiver on any Ooh. core, given he couldn't do it to be a wide receiver to behind the likes of Devontae Adams, who was drawing so much coverage anyways. So he was wide open. The ability was there. He wasn't being covered. He wasn't being covered for a good reason because he couldn't make the catches. So to me, that hasn't changed, despite the fact that he's now on a new team with another very good quarterback with amazing accuracy. I don't think he's going to be able to do it with Patrick Mahomes. I think that Sky Moore is a fantastic value and someone that I'm grabbing a lot of in a lot of dynasty drafts as well. I think that that for that reason, there's going to be enough opportunity between Kelsey Smith Schuster and Sky Moore across the board because the Chiefs are going to have to keep the volume up. Again, there are so many targets vacated by Tyreek Hill. I think that it meets expectations when it comes to volume for where you're getting him. I get that it's a higher price compared to the other players. So I understand if you don't want to buy him where he's at and you see other players that you think might have a bit more opportunity. But I'm saying for myself, I'm grabbing Juju Smith-Schuster where I can. Okay. All right. Button so all that being said, I really feel like you have something against folks that have come from the University of South Florida because you insulted my boy Marlon Mack earlier. Now you're trashing NBS, which, by the way, I agree with all your NBS points. That's why he's being drafted as late as he is, and that's <laughs> fine. He should be down there because he can't catch a cold, and I love you, Marquez Valdez-Scantling. I'm glad you got paid, USF Bulls. dun 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 um, But I, I personally, I think I'm a Sky Moore guy. So that's who I hey, think is. The I'm not wide saying not to buy Sky Moore. I'm saying if between the wide receivers, if you're looking at draft price and you want to wait a little bit later to grab Sky Moore for the value, and that's the one piece of the offense you want to grab, I totally understand and respect that. Um, if you're in a league where you have a rookie draft that is separate, and then you have a regular draft, which I have a, several leagues like that then I can understand and separate out who I'm getting when makes it a little bit easier for dynasty. I definitely love those formats. So, you know, choose where you want to grab him. If you can grab him, those are the two receivers from the chiefs that I'm grabbing though. Smith Schuster and sky Moore, as much okay. as I can. Okay. Okay. Um, fair. It's all fair. Again, all fair, all fair in all fantasy fair. football, right? It's all fair in fantasy football. And you know, I, I'm actually in a 16 team draft right now and I'm, I'm on the clock and I'm having to try to make decisions like this, um, you know, While we're live. on the fly. <laughs> like I'm serious. I could share my screen for any of you that are actually tuning in, but no one cares about my draft. We're trying to help you with your draft. I don't know if anybody has any other questions about, about their drafts. Cause right now we're in the thick of draft season. We're in the thick of draft season. We have, I don't see any other questions right now, but guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We really appreciate it. If you have any questions for more fantasy football, please go ahead and follow Derek at Dtator4 on all forms of social and myself on Twitter at Samantha R. Holt. Thanks so much again for listening to the Fantasy Debate with Sam and Tate. Check out all the other content, seasonal and DFS tools, as well as premium access to our staff for all your fantasy sports questions in the members-only Discord right here at drroad.com. Tate, any last thoughts? Next time, for you, those of you that tuned in and maybe didn't tune in and tuned right out uh, to the video live stream, I will shave next time, do my hair. Until next time, later, Sizzitator. Good luck in your fantasy drafts. Let's go. Have a good one, guys. Thanks so much for tuning in. Thanks for stopping by the office. Get your fantasy prescription by subscribing to the channel and checking out DrRoto.com. And until the next visit, be well and take care.